Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline are you looking to step up to a 4k smart tv one that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution then we've got good news for you because the vizio 65 inch v-series 4k smart tv is now just 348 with all your favorite apps built in you can stream straight out of the box you can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app looking for a smaller or bigger screen vizio offers unbeatable prices on all v-series 4k smart tvs head to walmart.com today and score the 4k tv you've been waiting for Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here on VSIN. And Wes, we've got some drama. It is over between Air Force and Army, and sadly for yours truly, couldn't quite get to the over, but congratulations to the Army. Army at least has con- uh, a clinched retention of the Commander-in-Chief's trophy here. They still, of course, have to play no- Navy. Come on, Navy! That second weekend. Go Navy, beat Army, right? That's, That's a right. rally cry. So uh, uh, I-, I-, I don't know if that works like the Ryder Cup where it's like, okay, you clinch enough points so you retain the trophy, right. but... That's nevertheless what Army has. They get a 21-14 to win in overtime down there in Arlington, Texas, our first final of the afternoon. So let's see how that fares out against Navy, but that would be pretty sweet if Navy could spoil it for Army. We'll see in a couple weeks how that happens. Ohio State, all of a sudden, they're in a fight, not just for this game, but for their college football playoff lives mm-hmm. because with that one loss already to Oregon, you can't afford to go to Nebraska and lose. Right now, forget about covering that 14 or 15, whatever you might have gotten it at. Nebraska got a turnover. They've got a first down inside Ohio State territory. We're in the fourth quarter, and it's a six-point game right now as Nebraska is moving it deep inside Ohio State. And Adrian Martinez, another another first down there. Look, uh, the whole thing with Nebraska, obviously they got to win out to get bowl eligible. We know Scott Frost's seat is very frosty Mm -hmm. in Lincoln, no pun intended, but nevertheless... uh, 
you know, second to last home game of Adrian Martinez's career and absolutely coming up with a big one right now. It is 23 to 17. Still a little bit under 13 minutes left to go. No live price here at BetMGM, but the Cornhuskers driving for the lead. All right, for the first time today, let's go out to Mandalay Bay where Adam Burke joins us. Of course, one of our sports betting experts and analysts. And of course, you can follow him on Twitter as I do at Skating Tripods. Adam, welcome to the show today here on this Saturday. Uh, let's talk about what you're seeing uh, so far on the day. I think I'm most surprised by Ohio State's struggles right now against Nebraska, only up by six here in the fourth quarter. What have you make, uh, made of this tussle so far? Yeah, not a good look for the Buckeyes, to be sure. I mean, you know, the announcement that Garrett Wilson would be out prior to the game, maybe something that kind of affected C.J. Stroud a little bit, although he should have known that throughout the week that Wilson was questionable for this game. Look, you know, the Buckeyes in the first half, they had a plus territory punt. They've had a couple of poorly timed interceptions. Not that there's ever a good time to throw one, but <laughs> both of those in plus territory as well. This has kind of been the thing for Ohio State. They've shot themselves in the foot. They've been inefficient in the red zone sometimes, like last week against Penn State. Here in this game, they're turning the ball over in the scoring areas. C.J. Stroud's holding this team back to a degree right now because of his unwillingness to scramble and take the free yards. And he's trying to force some throws here, and now the Buckeyes, as you said, are in a battle for their lives here, uh, at least in terms of the college football playoff. Yeah, and Adam, we talked about this game earlier. I ended up being on the Cornhuskers at 15, went down to 14 on the Wilson news that he was going to be out. A few other players out for Ohio State. Really, the depth gets affected, and it sounds absurd to say this right. with Ohio State, knowing how they recruit and knowing that they have four- and five-star guys you know, up and down the roster at every position. But when you only bring 70 on the road – and all of a sudden you got, you know, 10 guys or a dozen guys out, that depth really gets affected, and that's what's allowing Nebraska, I think, to really hang in here. And they've got right now first and 10, gentlemen, at about the 20-yard line of Ohio State. So, again, tick, 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 11 minutes to go here. Look, we talked about it. You might need chaos for Wake Forest to figure out a way to, to get into the college football playoff. They've got a 48-34 lead right now on North Carolina. Here's they go to the fourth quarter. But, but, Adam, this has kind of become a topic of conversation that I didn't think would be one. And we had Matt Hayes on earlier today, and he said, look, point blank, if Wake Forest runs the table and they win the ACC, we've never had an undefeated team from a Power 5 conference not make the college football playoff. Do you think this would be the first time they made that omission, or do you think Wake Forest would get in? You know, I think it all depends on the teams that are around Wake Forest in the college football playoff rankings. Look, we know that ultimately it's about dollar signs, and whichever teams are going to draw the most, whichever teams are going to draw the best fan support on the road and all of that, will get preferential treatment here for the college football playoff. And you know, to your point, look, you know, each year they move the goalposts. They'll say, well, head-to-head -head matters, or they'll say recent form matters, or they'll say a conference championship matters. They'll use whatever narrative they want to to get the teams that they want into the college football playoff. I think they could find a way to say to Wake Forest, look, you know, you didn't really play a very good non-conference schedule. The ACC is down quite a bit this year. Congratulations on your season, but I'm sorry, you're not a playoff team. And it really wouldn't shock me for them to make such an unprecedented move just because Wake Forest wouldn't draw the ratings, won't draw the same kind of buzz, anything like that. Yeah, that's why I was thinking, Adam, that there was kind of a circuitous route because Dave was bringing up earlier. Is there a, a route or a path or roadmap where Wake Forest can get in? And it's like, well, it's full of like traffic cones and closed roads and whatnot just because you have decent teams, but you don't have that home run win. We always talk in college basketball when we get to the NCAA tournament, that resume win, that statement win. Right. Wake Forest isn't going to get an opportunity to have that this year in that ACC schedule. 
Right, absolutely. And, you know, look, I mean, if you want to talk about Wake Forest being undefeated, and I realize they come from a Power 5 conference, Cincinnati has a win over Notre Dame. I mean, you know, that's probably the best win that's out there uh, of the teams that you know, look to be running the table here outside of Georgia, of course. So that's something I think that the committee will look at and say, well, maybe we ought to put Cincinnati in there instead of Wake Forest. And also, too, it can prove a point for them if Cincinnati goes and they get blown out or get beaten comfortably. They can look at everybody who said, why can't a group of five team make the playoff? And they can turn around and say, well, that's the reason why. So I think the, the playoff committee can take a lot of liberties here, depending on what happens with these premier teams the rest of the way. And uh, we don't have to ride Ohio State's obituary yet. just yet. 947 left to go. Nebraska, 4th and 4 on the 13. Scott Frost elects to kick instead of going for it when you're over a two-touchdown underdog and you've got a quarterback that can run. And he elects to kick. Special teams miscue again for the Cornhuskers. Another missed field goal. It should be absolutely tied or maybe Nebraska even having the lead, but they do not. I, You know, it's interesting. And again, I know Scott Frost gets paid handsomely to do his job here, but I was thinking the same thing you were at that point. Like, it's fourth quarter time. Are you really going to keep stopping Ohio State, mm-hmm. averages-wise, right, and get the ball back if you kick that field goal, even if it's good? Like, to me, that felt like the spot where Scott Frost is going to say, all right, guys, let's get three and a half yards, let's get this first and goal, and let's go take the lead in this game. Adam, are you surprised? Because I feel like Wes and I are sitting here going, I, I get it, you cut it in half and make it a three-point game, then you miss the whole kit and caboodle. To me, that felt like a go-for it situation there for Nebraska. Instead, Scott Frost tries the other way, and they get nothing for for their efforts. Yeah, absolutely. I think kicking is for losers kind of all the way around. You know, I I hate any punt around midfield. I hate kicking field goals, and especially in this situation, too. Okay, fine. You kick the field goal. You make a one-score game a one-score game. I realize you're down by three. The Buckeyes might march right downfield on you, and then all of a sudden you're down 10, and it's back to a two-score game. So... Bad decision there by Scott Frost, especially with the way they were moving the football on that possession. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I think kicking is a losing mentality, and, and especially when you're a team like Nebraska that, you know, look, I mean, you should be better than your record, but one of the reasons why they aren't is because Scott Frost has held this team back. And I believe this is a backup kicker for Nebraska because the primary kicker lost his job. So you, you got a guy that's an unproven commodity here in the kicking game for Nebraska, and Scott Frost relying on that absolutely horrible decision. Okay, and very quickly, we're keeping an eye on uh, Row Your Boat here, P.J. Flecking Company. They missed the extra point, so it's 14-6 to Illinois. They did get a stop. So all of a sudden, for a team that was dead, 14 nothing just a couple minutes ago here, uh, in the fourth quarter, they're going to get the ball at their own one. They have two time. They have excuse me, no timeouts. So PJ Fleck and company are faced with this proposition: ninety-eight and a half yards, down by eight, to force overtime against Illinois. Mm-hmm. Wes, if you are setting the odds on that, a percentage chance there that they can come out, somehow come back and get this done, what would you make that? Yeah, probably about less than 20% here (laughs) based on what we've seen out of Minnesota. But, you know, Illinois has been such a weird team this year. They look so awful. And then at times they they look like they're absolutely competitive here as uh, we are trying to watch down an Ole Miss. I think uh, uh, give me Liberty or give me a back door where they're going to give me Nieder here. I believe Liberty may have thrown an interception in the end zone. They were down there inside the 20, 27-14. Malik Willis throws an interception. They overturned what was a first down, but Liberty nevertheless got a fresh set of downs. Malik Willis off his back foot, and I believe this is picked. And, yeah, he got both feet down. So 
going to be turned away, so nothing there for me. And I will say in the first play from Minnesota, P.J. Fleck and company, they get a huge chunk, about 35, so they're going to spike it a minute to go, still inside uh, their own territory, down by eight right now. Wake Forest, we've talked a lot about the Demon Deacons so far in this early afternoon uh, of games here. 48-34 right now. That game has already gone over the posted total of 77.5 for the day. But the real dogfight and the real surprise here is Ohio State right now. They do get that missed turnover or missed field goal, uh, which could, could lead to points the other way. It feels like a turnover for Nebraska. Right now they've got a first down about their own 35. That game was, again, down around 14.5, 14 preflop. And Ohio State is up by six with nine minutes to go in regulation there. So sweats either way, but it does feel like a dead underplay right now, obviously with the low-scoring affair that we have uh, between Ohio State and Nebraska. And Georgia, 43-6 to right now. Kirby went and kicked the field goal there. So now basically as a Mizzou backer, you are just you hoping are don't that. get a fumble return, don't get a pick six, just just run this clock out. It is 43-6. to uh, Had them all the way with Mizzou, but still don't have them yet here with two minutes left to go. Uh, uh, backups abound here, so you're just hoping to avoid the turnover if you're a Tiger backer like what me. What a fantastic cover this would be if you're a Mizzou backer like yourself, Wes. Nary a touchdown. Yeah. Against the number one Had team Had them the all the way. Didn't even need 10 points. How about that? How about that? So fourth and one, we'll keep an eye there, but it looks like Georgia is not going to be able to get that cover, and it looks like North Carolina in the end zone against Wake Forest. We've got updates galore. Adam Burke will be with us. Don't go anywhere. It is petting across America. Sweat zone right now for Ohio State. Big time. We'll keep an eye on that game as they are up by six right now on Nebraska. Don't go anywhere. Much more of the top games to talk about when you come back with us. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VSIN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VSIN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the very best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much, much more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VSIN.com slash NFL. Alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America. Still sweating it out. Buckeyes can't get any traction right now against Nebraska, only up six. And we do already have an upset in the Big Ten today. It was Illinois, 14-6 to over Minnesota. Uh, Tanner Morgan picked off on that final drive. How about Minnesota getting ranked in those CFB rankings, but no love for a UTSA or for Houston mm-hmm. or any of these non-Power Fives. So, uh, look, uh, UTSA was able to beat Illinois, something Minnesota was not able to do. Brett Bielema, 4-6, and six, an up-and-down season, but he's beating a top-10 team in Penn State and a, a <clears throat> top-20 team in Minnesota. So, uh, Brett Bielema and the Illini trying to keep their bolt eligibility hopes alive. And a good win week zero against Nebraska. So, Bielema, the up-and-down, you're right, but he does have some some nice wins in year number one uh, in Champaign. Let's go back out to Manalay Bay. Adam Burke rejoins us now. And Adam, we've been trying to get a real pulse on this Michigan State and Purdue game here today. Let's get your thoughts when you look at this matchup here because this has been a spot traditionally where ranked teams go to Purdue and those undefeated seem to go. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I kind of wonder at this point in time with the line being down to Michigan State minus two and a half, if, if maybe people are getting a little bit too cute with this handicap. I mean, look, Michigan State, top 10 in yards per play on offense. Purdue actually ranks 106th, and that's even with a player like David Bell, who, who has been uncoverable in some of the games that Purdue has played here so far this year. So I wonder if at two and a half, if maybe Michigan State is worth a look here at this point in time. They are clearly the better team in this spot. Obviously, Purdue with that win over Iowa, I think a lot of people have that in mind here, looking for that upset special. But I don't know. I just look at this one, and now that it's down below the key number of three, I feel like Michigan State has some value at this point in time. Yeah, I took the three in Purdue. I just, with the underdog, with the better defense, I do believe. And Adam's right. I think Michigan State's the more talented team. But I think Purdue is the better defense. And I do get concerned about that Michigan State pass defense on the road. And especially when you get a home underdog win against your arch rival for that Paul Bunyan trophy. And then you got to go to Purdue. And it's kind of like, well, this is, you know, like a free square. I'm not sure it is. Now, Adam's right in terms of the line. This now has crashed through to two and a half. So I certainly wouldn't be taking Purdue at two and a half. Not that it's three is as key of a number in college football that it is in the NFL. But I think at this point, uh, you know, we do have a defined kind of uh, battle here with the uh, uh, maybe some of the more pro betters that did like Purdue early in the week but and, and maybe more of the Joes. But the Joes win. 
That's one thing I always point out. Joes win about 50% of the time, so that's what we're going to have here in the afternoon. All right, so let's see how that one plays out. Ohio State looked like they had, they had fourth and 11 at about the 35. Could have kicked a long field goal, opted to punt. So good, interesting maneuvering there from Ryan Day. So Nebraska has a football back down by six with six minutes to go in regulation there. Adam, let's get some other thoughts here from you and Wes on Penn State and Maryland as we stay in the Big Ten for this one. Uh, for a 3.30 Eastern kickoff here. Penn State now laying 10 on the road at Maryland. Two teams that have been very Jekyll and Hyde. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, as you said, Jekyll and Hyde. And I think that makes it really difficult to lay a big number here on the road with Penn State. Look, Maryland, they've had some turnover issues throughout the year. They've certainly had their problems. But for Penn State, you know, what is the mindset of this team now? Coming off of that loss to Ohio State, you assume at least maybe the players are starting to assume that this could be the time that James Franklin actually does leave for USC. Who knows? You sort of wonder what the mindset is of the Nittany Lions here and their ability to cover a big number like this on the road. And one other thing I just want to mention here is that, look, Maryland, not a great team by any means, but their losses are Iowa, Ohio State, and Minnesota. And, of course, Minnesota with a bad loss here today. But they had lost to three teams that were ranked in the college football playoff rankings. So, Maryland has you know, played pretty much up to expectation against teams that aren't clearly better than them. Penn State is better than them, but I'm not sure how clear that margin is. So for me, it'd be Maryland or nothing here, but this isn't a game I'm playing for that inconsistency you referenced earlier. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought that this was a tough game because keep in mind, remember when Penn State lost that controversial opener at Indiana in overtime and they went into an 0-5 start. One of those losses was to Maryland, who absolutely came in in State College and smacked these guys around. Now, Penn State eventually won their last four games last year, but I wonder, you know, how motivated, though, is Penn State? Do right. they want to pay these guys back? Look, Maryland got a win, got off the schneid. They had lost three in a row, got a win over an Indiana team playing a freshman quarterback in his first road start, but... They did give up 35 points, too. So initially, when I look at, like, okay, kind of the spot, I don't really want to be on Penn State. But, boy, Maryland on defense, certainly nothing to write home about. You had a freshman quarterback in his first start in Indiana behind a bad offensive line move the ball on you down through the air at will in the second half. So nothing for me here. All right, and speaking of defenses that have a, a little bit left to be desired, uh, Wake Forest just gave up a quick score to North Carolina. So we talk about the college football playoff. They better beat North Carolina today. And right now, we are all knotted up at 48 with 10 and a half minutes to go in regulation, Wes. And we are final also in Georgia. Add them all the way with the Mizzou Tigers. Don't you doubt me, Jeff Parles, a (laughs) VSIN, a Mizzou alum. I don't know, Wes. I don't know if you could. Don't you doubt me. We add it all the way. Easy peasy. 43-6 to final score, Georgia. And uh, I don't think any uh, Mizzou heads were ripped off, but they got beat up up and down the field, but they get the cover. 43-6, to two field goals, and you cover. That is a rather amazing <laughs> achievement there. Just like we drew it up. Exactly. All right, let's stick with some of these games uh, that have just kicked or are getting ready to kick. And I do want to talk a little bit about Baylor against TCU here, gentlemen, because you look at Baylor, uh, look, Gary Patterson is now going to be out uh, at TCU, and Baylor is going to lay a touchdown on the road. Adam, how do you handicap this one here? Baylor having a really good, uh, nice year here with Dave Aranda. Yeah, Baylor much, much better than I expected them to be here this season. And, and obviously, you know, they've outcoached a lot of their opponents that they've played so far. And now you run into a situation with TCU with an interim head coach here after Gary Patterson steps away. 
what do we get out of TCU in this game? And furthermore, quarterback Max Duggan not going to play in this game based on the last update that I saw. So you know, now you don't have your head coach. You don't have your starting quarterback. You've got a Baylor team playing really, really well here this season, really on both sides of the ball as well. Baylor also a really good special teams uh, performance this season. They're a top 30 team, according to Bill Connolly's S&P and special teams. So that may be another advantage for the Bears here in this one. But, you know, hey, you're asking for seven here on the road in Fort Worth against a TCU team that maybe does rally in that first game without the head coach. Tricky, tricky handicap, I think, here, uh, especially with Baylor you know, having some bigger games on, on the horizon here, including that game against Oklahoma. I am on the bad number here. I am on seven with TCU. I was kind of waiting for that. It was basically six, six and a half all week. Then it went to seven. But now with Max Duggan not going, we're seeing seven and a half, eight in the market. I really don't love it as much. Uh, Jerry Kill, look, takes over for a team that's covered just one game this season in mm-hmm. TCU. But I thought that this was a rally spot here. Baylor, of course, being priced very heavy. They're 6-2 and two against the number this season, covering by an average of about nine points a game. The yards per play margin is obviously a lot of discrepancy toward the Baylor side. We know Baylor has Oklahoma next week and what will be probably where college game day goes for that big Oklahoma-Baylor showdown next week, as Baylor could end up being a top-10 team in their own right next week. But... I'm on a bad number here at TCU. I'm just going to stick with it. I'm not going to buy out. I'll wait for an in-game situation if that needs to present itself. But I do think you at least get a good effort out of the Horn Frogs today. All right, let me sneak in one more game here before we take a break, gentlemen. And I do want to ask you guys a little bit about a huge number that I see here with BYU laying 35-and-a-half against Idaho State. And again, BYU, they were kind of the darlings early and slipped a little bit. Adam, that's, it feels like a, a rather large number, but then again, Idaho State, it, it kind of feels like that Mizzou-Georgia spot that we just talked about. How do you handicap this one? Yeah, I mean, I think in this game, even though it's a big number for BYU, it, it would be BYU or nothing for me. Look, they found out how fun it is to score points last week, scoring 66 <laughs> against Virginia, but also they gave up 49. So I think you get a really committed defensive effort here out of the Cougars. Idaho State's a bad team. They lost 49-10 to Nevada earlier this year. They're 1-7 coming out of that Big Sky Conference. I think BYU can, can put a number on them here today. BYU maybe gets up into the 50s, possibly approaches 60. And, look, I think that that's something that they want to try to do, especially after getting so much running with the offense last week, get that defense fixed a little bit. So I know it's a bit of a tricky spot to kind of be playing these FBS teams, playing these, you know, they played a Big 12 team, they played some Pac-12 teams. Now, obviously, you're stepping down to FCS, but but I think they take care of their affairs today. Yeah, the only thing I was looking for, really, in this game, I was like, okay, is the Idaho State, does he have any ties with the BYU staff? Because he's kind of think, eh, maybe they'll take it easy on the guy, oh. but no ties to be found here, so this would be BYU or nothing for me. Okay, very quickly, gentlemen, let's update Ohio State and Nebraska. They did just get a stop. The Buckeyes did, so Nebraska is part of the football back to Ohio State. They've got the ball at about their own No pass interference call, by the way, which should have been. Uh, Ohio State might have got a little bit of a break there. Wow, very interesting. So still about five minutes to go there in regulation with Ohio State clinging to a six-point lead. When we come back, we'll back out to the track, catch up with Ron Flatter as we talk more about the Breeders. Uh, we'll do that later, later on this hour right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
The midseason VEASAN football special is here. For only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. This is a great deal at only $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We have Adam Burke standing by at Mandalay Bay right now. Ohio State trying to hold off the upset attempt by Nebraska. Three minutes to go. They've got a first and ten inside Big Red territory. I think Scott Frost is going to go back to that field goal attempt, which Mm -hmm. was failed at 23-17. And they also missed one in the first half. That's right. And say, boy, maybe I should have gone for it on that fourth and three inside the Ohio State 15. Yeah, you wonder if they don't pull this out here, if it really seals their fate. Obviously, Ohio State just trying to run the clock here, get out of Dodge. They get nine yards on first down, so probably if they get a first down here, then you'll start to see Nebraska taking timeouts. They do have three timeouts left, 238, but clock ticking in Lincoln. It is interesting because we talk about style points, and we go, all right, Ohio State's on the outside looking in, but they really don't need style points, right? Ohio State... They, they have enough potential quality opponents. You still got two top ten teams. That's right. By the way, in the playoff rankings, as the Buckeyes get a first down, so now after this, Nebraska going to start taking timeouts. But you still have games against Michigan State and Michigan, There's and a-, a lot of these other teams kind of in that mix: the Oregon's of the world, the Cincinnati's of the world. They don't have that luxury. No. So right now, it looks like they're going to survive that upset bid. Might not be the same for North Carolina against Wake Forest. 48 all, five and a half minutes to go in regulation, and we'll see because North Carolina has come back from a big deficit here to tie that game up. We'll see if Wake Forest can escape with a win like Ohio State's trying to do in Nebraska. Uh, Let's go back out to Mandalay Bay right now and be rejoined by Adam Burke as well as we continue this conversation. But We talked a little bit about Wisconsin against Rutgers uh, today, and I do believe we have a fumble very quickly, Adam, as we try to keep an eye on what's going on. But Ohio State looks like they're going to retain possession. Yeah, he was sacked, C.J. Stroud, but the ball did come loose. It looks like a lineman got it. Nebraska, now there's a flag on the play. Nebraska's got to be taking timeouts here, uh, you know, depending on what this flag is going to be, and they're probably going to need to take it anyway. So let's see what happens there. But it looks like Nebraska had one more chance, but we'll find out what the laundry situation is there. Let's stay in the Big Ten and talk about Wisconsin laying that big number today on the road against Rutgers. And again, even for Adam, when you look at Wisconsin now and their chances of, dare I say, winning the Big Ten, this team was dead, right? It was all over at the beginning of the year, and they have the loss to Penn State to open it up. They look terrible against Michigan. And all of a sudden, they've got life. What do you make of their matchup today and their prospects as an outside look to still win the Big Ten? Yeah, I just got to say real quick, as a Buckeyes fan, this is uh, this is not a fun experience for me. No. <laughs> with everything that's You're going in on the boat in I was in as a Colts fan last week in overtime with Tennessee. This is it's rough to watch. <laughs> uh, as far as this Wisconsin and Rutgers game goes, but you got a very low total and a big spread here. So obviously, you know, the the first thought that you have is is to take a team like Rutgers, you know, getting almost two touchdowns with a total there in the upper 30s. But Wisconsin, as you said, Dave, quietly They've kind of figured this thing out. They've won four in a row. They've been playing pretty well overall in those games. And, you know, look, I think something that really needs to be said here is that Paul Christ is an excellent head coach. Mm. You know, I think that maybe when he was hired, a lot of us were kind of uncertain about it, sort of wondering if that was the right direction for Wisconsin. He's been great. And, you know, the thing about Rutgers here is that 
offensively, they've been very, very weak over their last several games. It's been a consistent problem for them for a while. They're just not really able to get a whole lot of playmakers there. They've scored, they haven't scored more than 20 points in any of their five Big Ten games. If Wisconsin's able to hold them to a low number here, say 14, 13, 10, something like that, I think the Badgers can actually cover this number despite it being so big with a low total. Yeah, that's what I would be on here. I'm not going to lay it, but to Adam's point about Paul Christ, I think they finally have found an offensive identity, which is to run, 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 and don't let Graham Earth throw the football more right. than he has to so he doesn't turn it over. That's why they got off to a 1-3 and three start. We know the defense is number one in the country in terms of total yardage, and the, you know Jim Leonard's got a lights-out bunch there, but... They don't want to have Graham Mertz mess it up, so they are going to run the ball, and you worry about Rutgers maybe in the second half. I think Greg Schiano's done a nice job there, but it takes a while in the Big Ten to get recruiting, and especially to recruit depth. When you're kind of the lower half of the program, like a Rutgers or like an Indiana or like a Minnesota, and you're lower half of the league in terms of the talent you get, it takes time. So I eventually worry about Rutgers' depth getting it you know, run up the backside all afternoon, you know? Yeah, so let's see. Uh, speaking of outside chances, we talk about Wisconsin to still win the Big Ten. We talked about Wake Forest and their outside chances in the ACC. Uh, NC State is still alive in the ACC as well. Meanwhile, by the way, North Carolina is going to have a first and goal against Wake Forest tied up at 48. They're weighing what looks like a really almost too small number against Florida State. So, Adam, when you look at this game here, is there – um? I don't know, it feels a little fishy when you look at the Wolfpack on the road against a, a bad Seminole team. And if you had Florida State against Clemson, I just apologize to everybody that had Florida State the way that game ended. What do you make of this matchup today? Yeah, that was me. Fortunately, I had the 10, so I at least pushed with okay. Florida State last week. But, uh, you know, another another fun experience with gambling, as, as it seems to be a lot of those here lately. <laughs> uh, as far as this game goes... Look, I mean, NC State's defense is really, really good. I mean, they're a top 30 unit against the run. They're a top 20 unit against the pass, depending on the metrics that you use. And Florida State, yeah, they've been playing better. They've certainly looked a lot better than last year's team did. But at the same time, I mean, they blew out UMass coming out of the bye. Last week, they had some issues with Clemson. What I really wonder about here in this game, rather than taking a side, where I agree the line smells a little bit fishy, what about the total in this game? How are we getting to 56 here with this Florida State offense that's not really generating a whole lot of explosive plays. And also, too, and keep this in mind now that we're into the month of November, wind will be a factor in this game. Wind's up in that 15 to 20 mile per hour range. So I'm kind of looking for an under here in this NC State-Florida State game. And I will say, if you like the under, there's probably a correlation to liking NC State here, too. So I do think the under is the better play at 55 and a half, 56. But I do lean a little bit with the Wolfpack, too. Yeah, that would be where I would go on the total. Jordan Travis, I think they've been a little bit better now that he's taken over as starting quarterback. But to Adam's point, they don't really generate a ton of passing plays down the field. It's a lot of zone read, mm -hmm. a lot of hoping you, your quarterback can make a play, make guys miss, and that NC State tackles poorly, which uh, they really don't do. This is a very solid, well-coached defense. So, uh, you know, the pitchy-pitchy-woo-woo got some of the Florida State backers last week. Is That's what it took for Clemson to actually cover a number. Wow. That's how bad it's been for Clemson offensively to be able to cover these numbers. But... Yeah, under would be where I would go. By the way, NC State is getting some late money. This was two and a half in the morning, and now starting to see three with some vig across town here on the NC State Wolfpack. Very quickly, gentlemen, let's play head coach. Let's be Ryan Day, and let's be Scott Frost. So Nebraska just took their last time out. Ohio State up by six, a minute and a half to go in regulation, and they've got a fourth and three 
at about the uh, at about the Nebraska 30. So you have a bunch of ways you can go here. Well, really two. Three. You could punt. You try the long field goal, or you can go for the first down. Adam, out of those three scenarios, what are you doing? I'm going for it. The first down wins you the game. I mean, you're Ohio State. I'm going for it. They're not. But no, I'm, I was going to say, not. as the kicking unit comes on the field here, uh, wow. going to try Riggles here from 46 yards. Uh, Nebraska, by the way, is out of timeouts. They had to burn them in that sequence. So, 132 left to go. They're going to try Riggles. It and is of good. Course, Riggles is right down Broadway here. So, now 26-17. That puts Ohio State up two scores. But I'm with Adam. I would have absolutely went for it there. And, you know, if you don't get it, you obviously pin Nebraska on, like, their own 20-25 to 25 with no timeouts left to go and less than a minute 30 to play. All right, so it looks like Ohio State's in good shape to hold on, trying that long field goal. Uh, does give them the two-score lead. We mentioned Wake Forest and North Carolina. Right now, that game's still 48-all. North Carolina has got a, a – uh, they have a goal-to-goal situation right now at Wake Forest. Uh, with about three minutes going regulation. Yeah, a couple other ACC updates in these early windows. Pittsburgh, by the way, does get by Duke 54-29. Duke was driving for the back door, could not convert. So Pittsburgh covers his three touchdown favorites down there in Durham. Also another interesting game, pretty wild game so far. 33-30, Miami leads Georgia Tech. Wow. Georgia Tech was getting 10.5 points. Now the U minus 2.5, 71.5 on the current in-game total. So, look, Miami was kind of feeling itself that win over Pitt. Kind of a little bit of a trappy game, if you want to term it as. And Georgia Tech absolutely right there with 10 minutes left to go. Well, let me make you Mac Brown. Fourth and goal, right? Excuse me, fourth and four right now. Inside the 10, two and a half minutes to go. Clock is ticking. Do you kick? What would you would assume to be the easy three, mm-hmm. but then you got to stop Wake Forest, who you've held the forty-eight points so far today. Yeah, and you look at what the yardage is for Wake Forest uh, so far today: five hundred and fifty-eight yards. Man, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to hold two sixteen left to go. Also, Wake does have three timeouts. I will say this: they took a timeout and they let it run down. So there's two sixteen to go in regulation, and Sam Howell's still on the football field. So the anti-Ohio State decision. Looks like it's coming for North Carolina, but they're not going to take the go-ahead field goal and try to go for the Man, I don't know if Mac is going to have confidence in that defense. When we come back and go back out to Mandalay Bay, where Adam Burke is standing by with the Sportsbook manager, Mike Peranio. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Right now, new customers have a chance to win 200 bucks in free bets when they place a $10 wager on Kamara Usman, the champ, to win his fight tonight. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Get ready to start turning knockouts into payouts. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VSIN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if Usman, the champ, wins tonight. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Through customer offer, all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Dave Ross back here betting across America. And right now, Ohio State did hold on to get a nine-point win against Texas A&M. And North Carolina opted for the field goal, so they have a 51-48 lead over Wake Forest with two minutes to go, but Wake Forest now has the football back. Okay, we take a deep breath. We go back out to Adam Burke at Mandalay Bay, standing by with the sportsbook manager, Mike Peranio. And, uh, boy, not sure about the decision for North Carolina there, Adam, but they do have that three-point lead. Yeah, not sure about that decision either. We'll see if three is enough here for the Tar Heels. And as you said, I'm joined here by Mike Peronio, director here at the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook. And, Mike, busy day. Obviously a lot going yeah. on here with college football and, of course, the NFL coming up tomorrow. But little birdie told me that you're also a, a horse player, very interested in the horses. So you got a pick for us on the Breeders' Cup Classic? Yeah, sure. I mean, well, I don't know about a pick. I, I have some information that might help betters that like the favorite. Uh, exclusive qualities that probably going to be the favorite hot rod charlie it's it, two good horses the field's kind of short um but I, you know there's a, some books out there not bet mgm because our guys are pretty smart but there's some books out there where exclusive quality may be three and a half four to one on a futures most of these places if the horse doesn't run you lose but it's breeders cup day is probably going to run so i don't think you're going to get that odds if you bet it through the windows paramutually. So there's some advantage and some value in that. Uh, it's a big race. Uh, those two horses should deal it out. Exclusive quality is a tough horse. 
uh, I think it, it, he should run well. We'll we'll see if Hot Rod Charlie has, is up to it. But Hot Rod Charlie runs well every time with exclusive quality. He usually runs well, but it could have an off day, and Hot Rod Charlie be right there. But uh, it's a big day for us here at the book. Uh, big fans and a lot of people are here. It's kind of a transition from football to horses, and then tomorrow horse guys will leave, and we'll have the NFL guys back, and we'll be back to our normal NFL. So it's exciting here this week. No, absolutely. We'll see how Essential Quality does here in that classic race. Uh, speaking of college football and, and some of the excitement coming up down the line, college football playoff rankings came out this week. Some surprises, some notables to be sure here. When those rankings come out, Mike, do you see uh, an increase in any kind of futures activity, or, or are you, you know, forced to move the odds around based on those rankings? Not to be honest with you, the rankings typically don't mean anything to us, especially the early ones that come out later. Maybe it's going to mean something. Uh, no increased action, really, and we, and we haven't made any adjustments because it's so early. Um, it's tough. I mean, Cincinnati is, is in the six-team playoff right now, but uh, barely. I mean, it seems like they should be more secure, but that's the way the college football is playing right now. Hopefully they... Uh, can't expand it much, but maybe uh, one more expansion, maybe, then people won't have to worry about whether their team got in or not. Well, obviously a scare for Ohio State today. You know, they survived. Apparently it's your alma mater. Yeah, Nebraska. I lived there too, so I, I'm a, a big fan. And we'll see what happens here in Michigan State. Tough game for them today against Purdue, so obviously right. things could move around quite a bit here in the rankings. But as far as futures action you've already taken, whether that's before the season or during the season, are there some teams you are rooting against here as we go forward? Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, obviously Cincinnati because they have better odds to start with, so we have some liability there. Oklahoma and Oregon. Oregon is a huge liability, and uh, we have some, it, typically we have, strangely enough, Oregon's always been a, people visit here, we see them in their uniforms. Oregon people travel well to Vegas, and they typically bet pretty decent on their team, and paid off from them over the years too I, I might mention so yeah Oregon's our big liability on that so uh, we'll be rooting against them through the playoffs if they get in alright so a game that maybe could have some college football playoff implications down the line here Auburn and Texas A&M this one just recently kicked off about a two or three minutes into action here uh, is that a big decision for you guys today? Yeah, I mean, we need A&M pretty big It's uh, we have a pretty big decision and the money is 4-1 to one on Auburn so uh, that tells me it's the public, uh, so maybe we'll be okay on that uh, that game in the house because we do need A&M. What about uh, that Michigan State-Purdue game that I just referenced? Do you got some liability on that one? Yeah, that's even bigger liability. We need Purdue big, uh, which doesn't surprise me. Michigan State's been playing well, and people have been making money off them. Uh, the money's 3-1 to one on Michigan State, but it, it's a significant uh, need for us, Purdue. All right, so tonight we've got LSU and Alabama, and usually that's a game that draws a lot of fanfare, usually a very important game. This year, Alabama's more than a four-touchdown favorite, total in the upper 60s. Have you, you seen a lot of interest in this game yeah. or not really? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, it's typical of Alabama. This is kind of a reoccurring theme, but the, the money on Alabama is 20-1 to 1 right now. Wow. So uh, we need LSU pretty big. Normally, I would say that's a good sign for us when it's 20 to 1, but it is Alabama. <laughs> so we never know with Alabama. That's uh, the one typical team that, uh, if you don't like favorites, uh, just stay away from that game when they play, usually. So you mentioned that you've got some Oregon exposure, so obviously you're rooting for Oregon to lose at some point. <laughs> what about tonight's game against Washington? Yeah, well, and then and unfortunately, we're going to need uh, 
need Washington, so maybe that doesn't bode well for Oregon losing tonight. But ticket count seven to one on Oregon, and the money's twelve to one. So that gives you an idea. Uh, Oregon typically is a, a favorite that we will always have to go against or need the other side just because of the people being here betting Oregon. So as we see here, it uh, looks like Wake Forest going to get knocked off. North Carolina with a big play here and uh, touchdown. touchdown. So Wake Forest now appears to be out of the college football playoff picture here uh, with this loss to North Carolina. Last thing I want to ask you about on the college football side here tonight, Mike. Any other sharp action that you want to mention for our listeners here? Yeah, there was some, uh, strangely enough, we had some uh, st sharp action. That Georgia Southern, I think you saw it move 19.5 to 16.5. So we, we're going to need Coastal Carolina. That was sharp money moving that. Uh, Florida moved. Uh, we're going to need South Carolina. Uh, Baylor was another sharp action. And then uh, Arizona State, which surprised me, but sharp money, never know where that's going to land on that. But uh they're playing USC, and we're, and, uh, we're going to need USC in that game. Arizona State, and I saw some jerseys here, so I think they traveled to Vegas too this week. Yeah, maybe they did. Let's transition over to the NFL side here, and, and let's talk about what happened earlier in the week with Aaron Rodgers. You know, that line kind of hovering in the pick'em range. Aaron Rodgers tests positive for COVID. Now he's out for this game, possibly out for next week's game as well against Seattle. What, what was that whole process like for you, finding out that Rodgers was out? What, what sort of adjustments did you have to make? Yeah, I'll try to keep my opinions to myself on this one but uh the it was a pick now it's like plus seven i mean uh there's just no way we can adjust fast enough or quick enough when something like that happens uh typically though you know a, a big player goes out the team rallies and they end up winning anyway and covering anyway but uh it's an interesting game um my only concern with that whole situation and maybe i'll make a little comment is that there's a lot of gambling going on with props now, season total wins, season wins. Uh, if you say you don't, you, you're not going to tell us what's going on. That's fine, but don't tell us something wrong because that makes long-term impact on gambling. And with the relationships between the gambling and the and the sports now, I think that needs to be cleaned up a little. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a fair point. So, what about this game specifically here? I mean, what what does the action look like on it then? Yeah, it, it's pretty heavily bet. I mean, we're going to need the Chiefs. Uh, on that game, uh, but I'm surprised it's heavily bet. I mean, uh, I think some of the betting was early, and now it's coming back late because of the line movement. So uh, I think it's a inflated amount of money bet on the game because there was some bet before the announcement, and now it's going completely the other way. So I think I think maybe some of them. I know a couple of the the bigger players I know actually laid off on the game as soon as they could. All right, so I guess I want to ask you here then. Because, I mean, I get to ask the questions, and I'm a Browns yeah. fan. So any any activity on this Browns and Bengals game? Yeah, I mean, we need the Bengals. I think people are going to overreact to them losing uh, and not playing well lately. Uh, they, they looked really good a few weeks ago, and uh, it's just a small amount, but we, we do need the Bengals tonight. Uh, any sharp action that you want to share across the rest of the NFL card for tomorrow or maybe Monday night? Yeah, I mean, some of the sh notable action anyway. Uh, the Texans have gone down to five and a half, so we're going to need the Dolphins. The Eagles, they moved from plus three to one and a half on the Chargers. Uh, I think people are overreacting to the Chargers not playing well on that game. I don't know if that's a lot of completely sharp money, but there is some. Niners went from plus two and a half to minus two and a half on the Cardinals injuries that's doing that and the strangely we have a sharp move on the under the bear Steelers went from 40 to 38 and a half and that's sharp money 
That's some sharp money there for that Monday night game. And, of course, yeah. Pittsburgh a big favorite yeah. in that role, too. So, you know, lower scoring expectation. You kind of wonder if the Steelers are able to cover that number. Uh, great insights here today from Mike Peranio down at the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook. Of course, a lot of stuff going on still throughout the day with college football, the NFL tomorrow, and the Breeders' Cup Classic. So, Mike, thank you for your time, and we'll be back after this break on Betting Across America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.